The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America, welcome to the 24th ever show of All Around Sports. Live from the City of Champions, Boston, Massachusetts. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we will go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. Well, the weather here is dismal to match the mood of Red Sox Nation here in New England. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. As always, it was another wild week in sports, and as usual, I will discuss the highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items that dominated this past week's news, as well as take you inside my events of the week that I attended, and there were a lot of them this week, uh, Matt Light's Celebrity Shootout, Jared Mayo's Mayo Bowl, in the WNBA playoff game between the Connecticut Sun and Atlanta Dream. So I have lots of audio to play for you today, so let's get right into the heart of the show. My highlight of the week, by far, was the ground-shaking ovation that Drew Bledsoe received from Patriot fans at halftime of the Chargers game this past Sunday, uh, drawing Drew's induction weekend for the Patriots Hall of Fame along with center John Morris. It was a long overdue thank you that Drew Bledsoe never got from Patriot fans, given how everything worked out with his trade to Buffalo. And it happened in the perfect venue of Gillette Stadium, which is truly the house that Drew built. Without Drew Bledsoe, there is no Gillette Stadium. And the excellence that we have witnessed here for the past decade... uh, probably is not happening. Drew Bledsoe, along with Bill Parcells and Bob Kraft, are the three men most responsible for the current state of Patriot Nation, which is simply one of the best teams in all of sports and organizations, I might add. I have been to nearly every Patriots game ever played over at Gillette Stadium, and I can truly say that I have never heard it louder. And that's saying something, given uh, what we've seen in the past 10 years. And Bledsoe became genuinely emotional. It was a real classic Patriots moment that, uh, that is guaranteed to live forever. Now, on to this week's low light, which is the American League wildcard chase, 
where the Red Sox, Rays, and Angels all keep losing. They're literally adding new meaning to the phrase backing in. Up here in Boston, the Sox have reached a new low, and I'm witnessing something I never thought possible, where the fans and the media are, are literally turning on them. I know many fans who are actually rooting for the Tampa Bay Rays to get, and when I, fans of Red Sox Nation, who are rooting for the Rays to, uh, to get in over the Red Sox. Uh, everybody just thinks they're a much more likable team, which they are. And again, truly hoping that the Sox don't get the wild card. Uh, truly unbelievable. Uh, a, a, a sight I never thought I would see here in the heart of Red Sox Nation. My bizarre sports story of the week is the Floyd Mayweather, Larry Merchant debacle at the end of last week's fight, if you want to call it that. Uh, Mayweather, who basically, uh, you know, threw punches coming out of a break against a surprised, if not defenseless, opponent to win the fight, uh, you know, reached a new low in showing basically what a punk he is. Uh, but kudos to, to Merchant for saying he would kick his ass if he was 50 years younger. So that was a highlight. But, you know, interestingly, uh, this controversial ending to the fight and the aftermath with Larry Merchant uh, was off the radar in 48 hours, as opposed to, say, the Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, ear-biting firestorm of uh, a few years back, which means nobody even cares anymore. And sadly, I think it's time to declare that boxing is basically dead. And I am the first to say that the biggest sporting event of my lifetime, easily, was Ali Frazier won in the 1970s. And I have covered boxing matches that, uh, when I walked in the arena, it is the best buzz I've ever experienced in sports at a live event. It's just truly incredible and I think those days are behind us, and it's really, really sad to see uh, the demise of boxing. Now, on to my previously mentioned events of the week that I covered. And let's start with uh, Patriots offensive lineman Matt Leitch's celebrity shootout down in Rhode Island this past Tuesday. Let me first say Pat, Matt is truly, truly one of the good guys. Uh, his event is always first class. There's lots of sponsors. And most importantly, tremendous teammate support. A lot of his teammates show up, and I've been there three of the past four years, and it's, for me, a don't miss on my calendar. So rather than me telling you uh, about this skeet shooting event, uh, let's, let's hear it directly from Matt himself, and here's his description of the event. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a dream I had, and it looked just like this. If <laughs> you hear the geese over my shoulder, and that was cute. I hit a button, the geese. Went up. <laughs> um, no, you know what? This event started out as you know, let's do something unique, let's do something different. Um, uh, the model works really well for us because a lot of people um, either have or have not ever been in the shooting sports world, and so when they come out here, it's a great opportunity to get back to doing something they haven't done in a while, or to experience something they've never tried. And and for us, that, that, that's worked out really well. So for the past seven years, uh, we've, ha we've hosted this event here at Addyville, and um, it's just been phenomenal. You know, we throw in a lot of crazy stuff before we actually go shoot the course, and then we come back, and everybody gets to hang out and enjoy a nice dinner afterwards, and we got the auction.
production and this year we have a great fireworks from Colonial Fireworks. They're gonna, I think the finale is 1,200 shots in two minutes. So that's roughly 10 shots a second, right? If my math is good, that, that's pretty intimidating. That'll be good. But you know what? It's a whole day and it's a lot of fun. I mean, people can come out, they can relax, they get a great setting and beautiful weather. And uh, as you can hear, Matt is very articulate and. As the centerpiece of the Matt Light Foundation, this event, uh, let's hear who it benefits. We, we work with a lot of uh, uh, kids through the foundation, and it's not really a specific um, set uh, that I would really characterize as at risk or anything else. It's really, um, we want to impact kids that, that need, a, need some help, and they need, they need somebody that's going to take some time to work with them. And I think that really, when you commit your time and your resources to helping young people out, it goes a long way. And those kids really understand that, you know what, somebody does care about me, somebody does want to help me out. And that's, you know, that's just, that's, that's what they need. That's what we try to do through the foundation with our programs. Um, they're different. They're unique. They're outdoor-based. Um, and then we also have our scholarships and our football camps and things of that nature. But really, the impact's made when you spend the time with them, and that's what we try to do with our programs. And Matt grew up in uh, Ohio, where, like me, growing up in western Pennsylvania, outdoors is king. So let's hear Matt's view on being in the great outdoors. Up in Ohio, and uh, you know, my whole family has always been big in the outdoors. And you know, uh, great grandfather wrote an outdoors column, and it was passed down, you know, three different generations. And um, so, the outdoors has been a, a big part of my life, and something I feel comfortable in. And um, you know, you can't you can't have a bad time when you go outside and you spend time in the outdoors. So, uh, we've taken that approach with a lot of things that we do through the foundation. And not surprisingly, Matt knows his way about around guns and hunting, uh, and here's his view on the shooting that goes on down in Rhode Island. You know, the shooting is very competitive, and you know I think we've seen over the years that the guys, especially my teammates that come down, and they've shot now for you know three, four, five, in some of case seven years, um, they, they, they're going after that prize. You know, we have a... Uh, it's it's not really a, a, a big thing that we market, but for the celebrities, there's a gift involved, you know, to whoever's the best shooter. You know, for the foursome, that's the high overall foursome. There's a gift. So it, when you have a prize at the end of the at the end of the day, people naturally get competitive, and these guys shoot pretty well. And as I referenced earlier, Matt's Patriot teammates love this event, and here's what he had to say about them coming down. Hopefully, none of them melt um, in this in this lovely weather we're having. But yeah, you know what? We've had great participation. I would say there'd be anywhere from 20 to 30 guys show up today and shoot the course and hang out with all these guys and break a lot of targets, hopefully. And, uh, it's you know, when you know of a pro football player schedule, and uh, it is just incredible, to put it mildly, uh, they come down for his event, which is on a, on a Tuesday every year, and uh, here's Matt on them coming down on their day off. You know, I mean, we see each other in the uh, stadium day in and day out, and... It gets a little old, you know, so I think whenever you get to hang out with a guy away from that setting and, you know, at the same time give back uh, your time, I mean, it's kind of a nice, it's, it's a nice thing for everybody. And there was, of course, a special guest that came, and uh, here's Matt talking about uh, awaiting the arrival of the special guest. He's pretty good, which I kind of was hoping that wasn't the case. <laughs> I'd like to have something that maybe I could perform better at than he can. It's obviously not throwing a ball and, and potentially not even shooting a gun. So, yeah, he's pretty good. Matt, of course, is referring to quarterback Tom Brady. And QB12 indeed showed right up. And here's what he had to say about the event. 
Well, some of these guys have never turned on the opportunity to shoot a gun like Matt. But, uh, it's a nice event for him. I know it's a lot of time and energy that he spends over the course of the year to put it together. And it's a lot of great volunteers. And it's for a great cause. So I wish the weather were a little bit better for everybody. But it's still a nice day. Those gunshots go off in the background. Yeah. It's pretty nice. And speaking of gunshots, here's Tom's view on guns. Good. I wish Cope was here to uh, to shoot, but Cope takes a lot of pride in it. He's he usually doesn't miss very often, but uh, you know those big guys who carry those guns, they're they're uh, they're pretty impressive. They're good shots. And there's a lot of hand-eye coordination, so obviously doing our job kind of prepares us for hand-eye coordination. And there's a lot of good shots on our team. And the event is held at a gun range in Attaville, Rhode Island, truly uh, out there in the country, shall we say. And uh, here's Tom Brady's view on Attaville. To, uh, to shoot guns and clay pigeons and uh, there's fly fishing down there. It's actually a really unique place. And uh, you know, I've had the opportunity to come down here a few times and participate. And it's, it's a lot of fun. The guys really enjoy it. And as we all know, there's a big game this weekend against the undefeated Buffalo Bills. Should be a good one. And here was uh, Tom Brady's thoughts on the Buffalo Bills coming up on Sunday. It's um, things just start moving so fast this time of year. So there's there's not much time to enjoy the uh, the wins. You just gotta move on quickly, and you know, we already start working on on Buffalo. And unfortunately, it looks like he's lost one of his primary weapons, Aaron Hernandez, uh, during this record-breaking start. He, he's going to be out anywhere from two to six weeks is what we're hearing, and here's what uh, Tom Brady had to say. Yeah, I'm not really sure of his status. I, you know, I know he's, he's dying to be out there. You know, who knows? You never know. And I referenced earlier there was another event I attended, which was linebacker Jared Mayo's Mayo Bowl, and here was Tom Brady talking about that event. Well, it's the same. He, he won a great award this year uh, at our kickoff gala in support of all the different things that he does in the community. He's a uh, you know, great example, Gerard is, of, of all the hard work that he's putting over the course of the year to put together that event. So it's nice for the teammates to support each other. Everyone knows uh, that, that you know, Gerard and Matt really care about what they're doing. And one of the players who attended both events the Jared Mayo Bowl, as well as Matt Light's event, was Vince Wilfork, and here were his thoughts on the events. Uh, like you said, last night was Mayo event. That went pretty well. A lot of teammates came out and supported him. Uh, every year, Matt, he had a great turnout. This this is a hell of an event that he put on. Uh, but it just gives us a chance to come out and support one another away from football and um, to raise money for good causes. That's, that's what it's all about. So anytime you can get a chance to break away from football for a little bit uh, and do something for a good cause, it's always it's priceless for us. So get a chance to relax, come out, hang out, have fun, hang with some fans, and uh, meet, meet new people. It's always a great time. So I'm looking forward to it. Today. And again, I want to stress, you know, the high turnout of Patriot players for both of these events. And here's Vince Wilfork talking about his teammates. Because you know what, like I say, sometimes you get stuck in those meetings and, and at that stadium for a long time and you get caught up in, you know, real life, sort of speak, but you get a chance for you to break away and actually get a chance to, you know, reunite with your teammates and, and off the field kind of atmosphere. And like, the new guys get acquainted with us and, you know, I think last night with Gerard Mayo, we had a bunch of guys that's new to a team, first year players on 
my team. They actually came out and actually had a good time. So uh, any, anywhere you can, anytime you can find time to team or build a team, um, you have to take advantage of those. And, and this is an event where you can. When you when you do things in the community uh, where your teammates can come out and support, you you, you just build that team, um, that, that atmosphere around the team that, that you need. So uh, hopefully this will be another chapter of our um, building stage. We, we need it. And with that said, uh, once again, it was just a terrific event and uh, one that I enjoyed immensely. And Matt Light is really uh, just a terrific guy, puts on a terrific event every year. And it was just my pleasure to attend and cover. And now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you? It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemont Williams. Each week, join Lemont as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is one 888 Three four six nine one four four, or you can email me at iir at comcast dot net. Well, it was great to hear from Matt Light, Tom Brady, and Vince Wilfork during the first segment uh, regarding their presence at Matt Light's celebrity shootout in Rhode Island that I attended this week. 
But I also attended another Patriot-related event on Monday night, which was uh, Patriots linebacker Jared Mayo's Mayo Bowl. And it was held locally, uh, literally 10 minutes from my house, uh, at a bowling alley up here called Kings in Dedham, Massachusetts. And frankly, it was at the opposite end of the spectrum from Matt's event, which was, of course, very outdoorsy. And uh, whereas Gerard's uh, event was, of course, a bowling event. And it was very, very glitzy. Uh, They had a red carpet out front that was uh, worthy of Hollywood. It was just terrific, and a tremendous amount of teammates turned out for that. Uh, it was very glamorous, and uh, again, it's, it's, it's not our father's bowling alley, shall we say. It's a spectacular spot. Uh, I've been there many times. And some of the teammates who attended were, you know, Albert Hainsworth, Chad Ochocinco, two new additions this year, and uh, certainly big names, to put it mildly. Vince Wilfork, of course, was there. Uh, Rob and Dan Gronkowski were there. Kicker Steven Goskowski was there. And former players showed up as well, such as Troy Brown. So, uh, again, let me just say that the Patriots' teammates' support of each other's charity events is truly extraordinary. I've been going for a number of years now to a variety of events and you know, it never ceases to impress me how many teammates turn out for, for, every, for each other's events and uh, this year I can truly say it just went to the next level. Um, you know, I thought it was great to see uh, Hainsworth and Ocho there you know, two new members of the team, and so I think it was a great opportunity for them to get further acclimated into uh, the Patriot way, as, as it's called up here. And, uh, you know, to say there was a lot of buzz, a lot of people, cameras flashing, all of it uh, would be an understatement. And uh, just as importantly, the media, including myself, was invited into the event uh, and where we all stayed for a number of hours because it was just such a good time, so well organized. There were, of course, bowling teams, and there was uh, an extraordinary amount of food, to put it mildly. There was a raffle, and Troy Brown was a tremendous uh, raffle MC. He literally had... Uh, the qualities of an auctioneer, shall we say, and so he was terrific. And he, by the way, in his post-career, uh, for those of you who are outside New England, uh, Troy's doing great things as a uh, on radio and TV as a commentator, broadcaster, sports talk show guy, and uh, he's really terrific. So, with all that said, uh, let's hear Jared Mayo himself talk about the event. And like Matt Light, Tom Brady, and Vince Wilfork, uh, you know, Jared thought a lot of his teammates finding the time to attend his event. My teammates supported me in uh, this cause. You know, it makes me feel good, and I appreciate it. And one of the highlights of the night, 
quite interestingly, was <clears throat> kicker Stephen Goskowski uh, showing up with his own bowling ball, literally in a Brunswick bag that he was toting behind him like you would a suitcase. And uh, it was just terrific to see. And <clears throat> excuse me. And for those of you, again, who don't know, Stephen Goskowski, when he was drafted a few years back, uh, he's a great athlete. He was a uh, tremendous baseball player in college, uh, also known to be a very good golfer and apparently a very good bowler. And here's what uh, Jared Mayo had to say about that. He's a, he's a 300 bowler. You know, kickers always have that weird kind of talent, whether, whether it's foosball or, or you know, bowling, ping pong, stuff like that. Let's take it out of here. And once again, there is a game this weekend, and it's a big one, a division game against Buffalo Bills. Might I add the undefeated Buffalo Bills, and uh, it's up in Rich Stadium in Buffalo, and here's what uh, Mayo had to say about the upcoming game. We just have to get better. You know, Buffalo, you know, we're focused on Buffalo now. You know, those first two games behind us, and it's all about the next game, so it's all about getting better. So once again, great event. I was honored to attend, and uh, uh, I, I think it's... Uh, it may be in the running for uh, with Matt Light's Celebrity Shootout in coming years uh, as what as my favorite event. We'll call them one and one A for now, but they were both fantastic. And uh, and la- now moving on to the third event of the week that I attended. Uh, as my loyal listeners know from last week, uh, as soon as my show ended, uh, I drove to Mohegan Sun Arena down in Connecticut to cover the opening game of the WNBA playoff series between the Connecticut Sun and the Atlanta Dream. I had covered a Sun game earlier this year and thought it was absolutely terrific. So had to get down there to cover the first playoff game. Uh, Disappointingly, the Sun lost the game last Friday night, game one, and then got swept out on Sunday in Atlanta, down in Atlanta. uh, And they lost both games to second-half comebacks by the Dream. So... It was really a disappointment. I was uh, I was strapped in for what I thought was going to be a long playoff run for the Sun. They had a great year, and uh, it's, again, great venue. And I thought I was going to be uh, putting a groove in the pavement down and uh, back from Connecticut here in the upcoming weeks. But not to be. And, uh, you know, Coach Mike Thebo, uh talking after Game 1, had this to say about uh, what happened in Game 1 and what he was facing in Game 2, which they did ultimately lose. We're going to have to go play a great game on Sunday and uh, you know, learn from our mistakes. Uh, watch film tomorrow as a group. Uh, walk through some things when we get down there. And uh, you know, it's a pretty resilient group. Um, you know, our, our mistakes tonight were not from a lack of playing hard. Some of it was lack of playoffs experience. Some of it was uh, them being a little bit more physical than us and, and understanding that you can do that in the playoffs and understand that uh, you know some things are going to get called and some things aren't. And to know the difference about which ones they are. And, uh, you know, it's a shame to let a, a game get away that we had a lead in. Uh, but it never felt like a game that anybody was going to be safe no matter what. And star guard Renee Montgomery uh, visited with the media after the game, and I'm sure it was the last thing she wanted to do after that tough loss. But here's what she had to say. I think the biggest difference was rebounding. When a team gets that many more chances to score, it's hard to compete. Uh, 
they, it was 17 to 2 on fast breaks. That's also a problem, but more so that we only got two fast break points rather than they got 17. Like, I think we're a fast break team. So for us to only get two leads, we weren't getting out of them. So once again, uh, you know, it was a, a bitter loss. There's no other way to say it. Uh, when I had gone down uh, a couple months ago to a regular season game against the Indiana Fever, uh, it was a great game, and the Indiana Fever is one of the uh, top teams in the WNBA, and the Sun beat them the night I was there, and uh, the Indiana Fever has... Tamika Catchings, and they're still alive, and they're actually playing the Atlanta Dream in the Eastern Conference Finals uh, this weekend. So, again, I uh, really thought the sun was going to be there, uh, but it's a great, great product they're putting on down there. Uh, obviously, it's in Connecticut, which is just the hotbed, the epicenter of women's basketball, given the unprecedented success of the UConn women. So it's, uh, again, you know, High energy event. They get anywhere from eight to ten thousand per game. The arena seats about ten thousand, I believe. And first class presentation. It just in every way, shape, and form feels and looks like an NBA game. And uh, so you can count on me uh, going down again next summer when uh, when the season gets going again. Uh, and again, it is during the summer with the playoffs, obviously in September. And uh, I'll look forward to getting back down there for next year. So now it's time to take our break, and uh, and joining us next will be Bob Hildberg, author of the book Total Patriots, the definitive encyclopedia of the New England franchise. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. Super Bowl champ Lionel Dalton is taking to the internet airwaves with his own brand of sports talk. You'll go inside the mind of the players and find out if blacklisting really happens, what their thoughts are on training camps, where the former NFL players are now, and why being drafted by the wrong NFL team can kill a promising player's career. Lionel will also cover what's up with the Baltimore Ravens. Tune in to Sports Talk with Lionel Dalton live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you think that all of the generic financial information you get every day is hard to navigate? You need to tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook. Every weekend, Andreas Duffy will help you filter out this information and turn it into wisdom that you can really use. Be informed about the financial decisions you're about to make instead of just blindly making decisions. Andre's connections in the business and professional sports world will help you so you don't need to worry about your financial success. Tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook, Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. 
And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests joining us. And today on the line is Bob Hildberg, author of the book, Total Patriots, which is the definitive encyclopedia of the New England franchise. And welcome, Bob. And given the Patriots and Tom Brady's record-breaking start to the season, I knew you would be the perfect guest to put it all in perspective. The perfect guest. Well, thanks for having me, John. You're welcome. My pleasure. And uh, what do you make of uh, the Patriots' first two games, which are now secure in the NFL's all-time record books? Uh, yeah, I mean, Brady's on uh, pace to throw for like 70 touchdowns and 7,000 yards. I don't know if that's going to keep up, but uh, we uh, like the fast pace and the no huddle and keeping the other team at edge. Uh, I mean, that's one thing that we have a little advantage, at least early in the season, is the mental preparation of the offense, especially with Brady being there so long. Yeah, well, Bob, you know, when I watched that Monday night game, I mean, I, I truly felt like I was watching – the game of football in the NFL as we know it, literally going to the next level. Frankly, I had never seen anything quite like it before, and <laughs> that's a lot of games, believe me, right. that I've watched over a lot of years, and it was just so incredible to see that just breakneck speed with which he was running the offense, the no huddle, of course, uh, you know, to be down in Miami and have it be the... Dolphins, who seem to be wilting under the heat and humidity, as opposed to the Patriots, who seem to be, you know, getting stronger with each series. Uh, again, you know, never saw anything quite like it. And, you know, throw in 517 yards, uh, sixth maybe all time uh, in the history of the NFL for yardage and 99-yard play to Welker. And just all of it was just, uh, you know, incredible to see. What were your thoughts? Well, I mean, it brought me back to Bledsoe the first couple of games of the year in 94 and 98, you know, when he was on fire for a couple of games and uh, just throwing them all downfield. Uh, I mean, that 99-yard pass play, I mean, Brady just looked around and said, who's one-on-one, and if he beats the guy, he's off, you know. Um, and that was just a tremendous uh, forearm um, uh, by Welker just to get away from the guy and take it off. So you don't see that... Uh, you know, it's once every 10 years or something, a 90-yard play, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. And obviously tied with many others for the all-time NFL record. It's a record that will never be broken, shall we say. Right. It can only be tied. But, uh, you know, so you and I were both at the San Diego home opener this past Sunday, and that was another uh, electric show, to put it mildly, with uh, the Patriots offense. Brady threw for over 400 yards. It was uh, some no huddle, but not anywhere near as much as in the Miami game. So uh, what were your thoughts watching that game live and in person like me? Well, you'd like to see the defense make some stands. I mean, uh, we know that Brady's going to be loaded this year. Uh, Hernandez going down for a couple weeks that might hurt because there's no one really can match up against, um, you know, a wide receiver slash tight end like him. Um but uh, I'd like to see him run the ball a little bit this week against uh, Buffalo, and I'd like to see some turnovers. I mean, Phillip Rivers seems to, uh, and the San Diego seems to just fall apart when they play the Patriots uh, in the turnover department. 
Yeah, well, the Patriots are very fortunate that uh, that is obviously the Achilles heel of the Chargers, along with their special teams coverage, and clearly it's why they're the best team in the NFL in the last five, six years, never to reach a Super Bowl, and it just and it just continues. Uh, I find it, you know, really rather amazing. I, having seen the Chargers up here a couple times uh, up in Foxborough, but uh, yeah, now again the Bills uh, talk about you know maybe not a record breaking offense, but a very very impressive one so far, and of course uh, featuring the Harvard quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, you know, big game coming up on Sunday. I'm, you know, the Patriots have beat them 15 times in a row. Yep. Obviously, there's going to be 80,000 plus at Rich Stadium, and they are going to be out for blood, waiting to finally beat the Patriots. What are your thoughts on the upcoming game? Yeah, I, I mean, I think Brady's 17 and one against Buffalo. So, I mean, you got to figure the odds are at least a little bit in Buffalo's favor that they're due. Um, and Red Jackson's playing well, you know, uh, so. Uh, we got to hope that the defense steps up. Uh, you know, we we stop the run and force them into making some errors. Um, but I think it's going to be a, a fun game, fun game to watch. I think it's going to go up and down. I don't think our defense is up to speed yet to to shut down uh, a potent offense like that. So we're looking at you know thirty to twenty, something like that. You know, fifty point game anyway. So I think you're right, Bob. Uh, yeah. So it's just going to be interesting to see if it continues. Uh, you know. The overall, I mean, the, the Patriots are not alone in this, you know, record-breaking start to the season. Uh, I believe that uh, the fir- it's been the most scoring for the first two games of the season in the history of the NFL. A lot of people are calling it flag football. Some people don't seem too happy about it. Uh, but, I, you know, the television ratings are off the charts, obviously, at an all-time high. Most viewed first couple weeks in the history of the NFL, so the fans apparently are loving it, although I think they love anything the NFL puts on the field these days. It's just incredible. And uh, But what, what do you think about just the overall record-breaking offensive pace that the NFL's uh, started the year with? Well, it's kind of like not having a, a spring training. Uh, you know, the um, batters have an advantage over pitchers until the pitchers get going. So the, right now the offense has... Um, a, a substantial advantage over the defense. The defense is going to take a while for these, uh, without training camp and many practices and many camps, that kind of stuff. So it'll come back, I think, over the next month or so. But, uh, you know, you get a team that uh, takes advantage of throwing, and it's a throwing league now. I mean, you saw Cam Newton just firing the ball all over the place and Drew Brees and, you know, Matthew Stafford. I mean, it's an offensive league. It's just a matter of time before they can catch up. Yes, and I thought it, what I thought was just absolutely fascinating about uh, Brady getting the all-time record for most yards in the first two games of the season is is that the record was about two, three hours old when he broke it. And by that, I mean, yeah, and right. frankly, this is more incredible, incredible to me than Brady setting it, is that three hours earlier, Cam Newton, a rookie, after his first two games ever in the NFL, had actually set the all-time record for yardage for f- the first two games of an NFL season. Not a rookie thing, like the all-time record. Right. And three hours later, Brady broke it. And uh, I think the, the record that Cam Newton broke, uh, you know, was 
many, many years old. So just an incredible start for him. Uh, obviously, they're 0-2, but boy, has he proven everybody wrong as far as uh, whether or not he could be a, quote, pocket passer. Yeah, and then you you like to see these guys come out of nowhere, and I mean certainly he had uh, a lot of people watching him and following him, and let's hope that continues uh, with some of the younger guys that are going to come through the league uh, over the next couple of years. But uh, even Stafford, you got to you know, and then Fitzpatrick, some of these guys have been around just a little bit and putting their name on the scoreboard now, so it's exciting. It really is, you know, and it reminds me that. Uh... You know, I bought my season tickets the day after Parcells was hired, and when there was a big rush then, and then there was a big rush, of course, when Bledsoe was drafted, the first ever draft pick by Parcells with the Patriots. And a whole lot of other people went out and uh, bought season tickets then, and I, I must say that if I'm in living in North Carolina, I am running to the box office to get Carolina Panther season tickets because right. I think Cam Newton is the real deal and is just, he's a beast. And he's special, and I think it's going to be. Uh, I think it's the start of something really, really big down there. I mean, what he did at Auburn last year was frankly unprecedented. You know, he just showed up out of en- out of nowhere, and you know, won the national championship. Many of them in dramatic fashion. Some of them, it seemed like he was winning them single handedly, running and throwing. Uh, right, like a Vince. Uh, I think he may be the next generation of football quarterbacks. Let's hope so. I mean, we've had a kind of rough time these last few years, uh, you know, having these quarterbacks come through. And you look at some of the rookie quarterbacks, you know, the Hall of Famers, their first year, Troy Aitman and Roethlisberger and, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, Terry Bradshaw, that just when they get thrown out, they're brutal the first year, you know. Absolutely. And, uh, and Bob, just in closing, I want to ask you, first of all, did you see the Bill Belichick special on the NFL Network? I did, yep. Both uh, parts? Both parts. Uh, quite both parts. i got to get your thoughts. Um, it, you like to see a guy express what he's thinking. You know, I mean, that was, some people have an idea of, you know, he's on the field, and you don't really know what he's saying to the coaches or to, you know, for him standing there with Brady at the Saints game in the Superdome and what he's saying to the owner. Those little tidbits there just kind of open up the personality of, of Belichick because he doesn't say much. But I think that's quite interesting for people to get that kind of background. Oh, it was certainly a peek behind the curtain and the veil, the, you know, uh, behind the veil of what is Bill Belichick. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was just fascinating. You know, I thought that part with him going to Randy Moss's Halloween party was great. <laughs> I, I thought that the part with uh, when he really, really, let the defense have it for celebrating prematurely and giving up a touchdown in what I believe was a meaningless game at the end of the 09 season. Right. Exactly. I mean, uh, he, he unloaded big time. Yeah. Tried to and, wake him up. Uh, just didn't, go ahead. You know. I mean, that's part of what he has to do sometimes, these kids. You know, I mean, they are kids. I mean, they're those football players. But um, it is a 60-minute game. you got to teach them that. And, of course, the next week they you know, get blown up by Baltimore, so they didn't get it. But... Uh, you see him frustrated that, you know, these guys are not mentally tough, and that's probably, you know, 70% of the game is being mentally tough. Yeah, and as you well know and I well know, both of us being up here, of course, in New England, uh, you, you mentioned the Baltimore game, and I, of course, was, as you were, at the Jets game. So the Patriots have gone one and out, 
in the last two years in the playoffs. And uh, I thought the crowd was good on Saturday. The Bledsoe reception uh, at halftime was incredible. And uh, but you know, let's we both know that uh, you know it's all about the playoffs this year. And like, right. you, you know, it's not a total you know wake me when the season's over uh, in time for the playoffs because the NFL just is too good to not be awake for the whole thing. But uh, it really does come down to, you know, the postseason. I mean, um, so it should be fascinating. All right. Two other quick thoughts just uh, for people to kind of keep in the back of their mind. Um, uh, Tom Brady has led the league in touchdown passes three times in this. Um, four other players, quarterbacks that have led the league in touchdown passes four times. Uh, in their career. So if Brady leads the league in touchdown passes, he would tie uh, Lenny Dawson, Brett Favre, Johnny Unitas, and Steve Young as uh, having the most touchdown passes for four seasons. Wow. And Wes Welker needs 100 receptions. He's done it in three seasons, and there's only two players that have done it four times, having 100 receptions in a season. So if he gets 100 receptions this year, he'll tie Marvin Harrison and Jerry Rice. So... But uh, pretty good company there with both those guys. Great stuff, Bob. Can't get that anywhere else, and that's why we like to have you on the show. All right, John. Hopefully we'll talk uh, later in the season, and uh, I think this Buffalo game is going to be a shootout. I think it is, too. And once again, I want to thank you for uh, coming on the show, bringing so much to the show, and uh, look forward to having you on again as the season uh, rolls along. All right. You can check out what I do on uh, Total Patriots book. It's my website, totalpatriotsbook.com. I do This Day in Patriots History. I do a lot of um, information about what's happened and reliving the moments of the 50-plus years of the Patriots going back to 1960. So by all means, check it out. Absolutely, and I have checked it out, and it's great stuff. So Voice America listeners, you should check it out too. And once again, it's time to take our break. And on the other side, I have a special leftover treat from the Matt Light event. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. The Sports Mavericks Show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks Show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And one of the highlights of my week was interviewing Eric Catani from the U.S. Naval Academy during Matt Light's event on Tuesday. Eric made the Patriots practice squad during this past training camp after being called off his uh, two-year stint from the NFL's reserve military list. Uh, He spent the past two years on active duty for the Navy. So rather than me describing it, let's listen to Eric discuss how he landed with this NFL team. Celebrity shootout, and I assume you're pretty familiar with firearms. Yeah, yeah, I am. I, uh, I was over there shooting just the 9mm they had over there, then the shotguns. It was fun. It was a good time. It's, it's different shooting here than, you know, off on the ship doing uh, different courses and events, but it's fun. It's fun. I'm sure. Well, I interviewed a few weeks ago uh, your former teammate from Navy uh, at Patriots training camp, Tyree Barnes. Yep. And uh, did you and Tyree go through school together? Yes, we did all four years together. Okay, you graduated at the same time. Yes, sir. All right. And then uh, I noticed, you know, what first caught my attention, you were both called in off the NFL's military reserve list. How did that yes, all sir. work out for you? Uh, we got picked up in uh, 09, and I was here through all the OTAs and all that stuff. And after OTAs, my leave expired, and I went straight to, uh, you know, my ship. So. Okay, and can you talk about your two years? You were on active duty for the past two years. Yes, sir. Prior to training camp, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, uh, was, yeah. Tell me a little bit about what you were doing yeah, during I was, uh, two years. I was stationed down in Mayport, Florida on the USS Flackering. I'm actually wearing the hat right now. It's, uh, okay. That's yeah, a flying squad hat. I was in part of a I was in charge of a damage control. I was a repair division officer in charge of uh, the DCPOs and about 20 personnel in charge of the whole safety of the ship. Okay, and did, and did you get out to sea during your yeah, I did, uh, frequently during yeah, your we time? Frequently, and then also had a, a six-month deployment to uh, South America. So, oh, really? Yeah, circumnavigated South America, went through the Straits of Magellan, Panama Canal, and you know visited uh, many of countries and doing uh, counter-intelligent uh, operations and drug interdiction. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so how did it work out? Uh, where were you when you were first notified by, by, by the Patriots to come to training camp I was this year? I was actually uh, on, the, on the ship's quarter deck. I was uh, the officer of the deck on watch. And uh, I got back after watch and I saw my phone, like four missed calls. I'm like, didn't know they were private numbers. I got the voicemail. I'm like, oh, my, I got to give them a call right now. So the next day I flew up here to, uh, you know, Foxborough and had practice the next day. And it was, uh, it was, it was a different experience. Wow, the next day. The next day, yeah. That's incredible. And that was in July. Yes, sir. Correct. Okay. And so you're you're on the practice squad. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, and what are, what are you spending most of your time on? Special teams? Are you running back? Is that yes, correct? sir. Yeah, yeah. Running, running back, fullback. So you know, I'm doing the, the fullback and the running back. Also, all special teams kick off on return. Everything we have. Okay. So I'm just trying to do my best ability to get in the field. Terrific. Can you talk a little bit about your career at Navy? You went to bowl game all four years, correct? Yes, sir. Beat uh, beat Army and Air Force every year as well. And uh, it, was, uh, it was a good experience. And uh, Navy has uh, Army or uh, Air Force next week, so it's going to be a tough battle for them. So, And I'm always fascinated to hear how these athletes end up at the service academies. And here's Eric talking about how he ended up in Annapolis. So, Eric, how did you end up at the Naval Academy? 
it was a long process. You know, I got, I got recruited by, you know, various, you know, schools. I got offers from West Virginia, Indiana, all the, all the big schools. But, uh, you know, I, ch- I chose the Naval Academy to you know, get, a, get a higher education and also do something for the country, and, you know, in the time of need. It was, uh, Coach Munkin actually recruited me. He's a head coach at uh, Georgia Southern right now. Okay. So it was, uh, it was a different experience. I'm glad you did it? I'm gl- right now, yes, I'm glad I did it. At the time, you know, there was days I wanted to quit. I'm not going to lie to you. It was, it was rough. It was hard. So. And again, one of the best parts of what I do is the opportunity to interview and talk with and get to know graduates of the service academies, uh, West Point, Annapolis, Air Force. And it's just a wonderful, uh, wonderful opportunity because as Voice America listeners know, I often uh, write about uh, the intersection of military and sports. And, uh, you know, I've particularly written for uh, Armchair General Magazine. I have an interview in this month's uh, edition, the November edition, uh, shall we say. It comes out in September uh, on Bill Parcells uh, and his background with, uh, you know, with coaching at West Point. And many people don't realize he was also uh, he was a linebackers coach at West Point at the same time. Bob Knight was the basketball coach, uh, and Bob Knight had a point guard named Mike Krzyzewski. And then Parcells was also the head coach at Air Force for one year in 1978. And other interviews I've had in Armchair General Magazine uh, include Kurt Schilling, Rocky Blyer, Roger Staubach, and of course the general himself, Coach Bob Knight. And... uh, you know, listening to Eric Katani speak, uh, I was thinking of him last night uh, when I was watching uh, the NFL Network show Bill Belichick, A Football Life. Uh, as we, as many of you know, Bill Belichick grew up in Annapolis. His father was a coach and scout for Navy for just shy of 50 years, if you can believe that. And... Uh, so Belichick has made a, a practice, if you will, over the past decade of bringing in Navy players for training camp. And uh, he's had a, a, a few in. Kyle Eccles was one of them. And uh, as I mentioned, Tyree Barnes, who I interviewed and played on the show a month or two ago. Uh, but it's nice to see Eric Katani actually make the practice squad, meaning he's sticking for now. And... Uh, and again, impressive guy. And one of the highlights for me of the Belichick show was uh, was when he was the very beginning of it. When he was, they were showing him in Annapolis, and he went to his old high school field. And what really resonated with me was uh, that he, you know, they showed him walking down the pavement at the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis, and where he said he could still hear the cleats. And as any of you know who played football in the 1960s and 70s, if you ever play, you always remember the cleats. The sound of those metal cleats on the pavement is one of those things uh, that just frankly sticks with you all your life. And the minute Belichick said it, I I just uh, was instantly thrown back to my days back uh, when I played, and, and I'm sure anybody else who ever played will always remember the cleats on the pavement. That is a true, true football thing. 
and uh, again, just really wonderful to see. And so, yeah, his, I've been to Annapolis. Uh, I've been on the campus of the Naval Academy. I've also been to West Point and on their campus a couple times. And there, there's just nothing quite like it. It's just, uh, you know, sacred ground, to put it mildly. And uh, again, it's just, uh, you know, one of the best parts of my job, something that I enjoy immensely. And it was great to have the opportunity to run into Eric at Matt Light's event Tuesday and bring his that interview to you. So, I uh, don't want to let the show end without a quick reference on the college conference realignment. Uh, it's just been incredible to watch. It's just uh, unfolding at a record pace. So, uh, we'll see where we go. Probably more, new, more updates on that next week. And finally, my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is the West Virginia LSU game tomorrow night. I used to cover the Mountaineers. And can only imagine how fired up the folks in Morgantown will be for this marquee game. Let's also remember to tune in to the last and deciding event of the FedEx Cup playoffs with the PGA Tour Championship in Atlanta over the weekend. And as always, thank you for listening to All Around Sports and have a great weekend. We look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.